Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for October 27th, 2019. We are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And uh, we are, uh, we, like, like I say pretty much every week, we're moving right along in the season. <laughs> Uh, uh, the, the season after Pentecost, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you got it, uh, I, I have it, I have it still fake, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> ordinary time. Uh, but, uh, so, um, this week we have a, a whole bunch of, uh, uh, of lectionary readings for our first reading that we could choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to know, um, uh, before we get into it, cause we're not going to cover Joel, and we're not going to cover Sirach. What about those two readings did you absolutely hate, which forced you into uh, doing Jeremiah instead? It almost was a coin flip. It was, they except were... there's no, there are three options, yeah. and no coin would do it. <laughs> they landed on a chance. Sirach, you win. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I, no. I really love the poetry of Jeremiah. Uh-huh. And because we had already gotten a running start talking about Jeremiah sure. last uh, session. Wait, is I this his underwear section? We're very close to the underwear <laughs> section. We will not explain that, so you have to listen to the last Yeah, podcast. you're going to have to go backwards. Um, but yeah, it's only a few verses after that. Oh, interesting. Oh, very good. So, uh, yeah, so we're just we're just coloring the, uh, the, the previous week's discussion uh, further, and that's, the, that's the real reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, Joel, and sorry, Sirach. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, then let's hop into our Stump the Priest section. Uh, today's Episcopal Church Dictionary uh, word of the day is hagiography. Oh, I know this one. Um, Do you? Do you really? Interpretation, I think. Scripture interpretation? Nope. Nope. Okay, I'll give up for the sake of time. The writing of the lives of the saints. Oh, that's right. Oh, you fool. (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking about that last week. That's right. That's right. I was reading a book on hagiography. Actually, I was. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I was reading a book on that. Hagriach. While also looking at some biblical commentary. Interesting. I was literally picturing my desktop, what books were on there. So, uh, uh, more specifically, it says it involves studying and comparing the sources, assessing their historical validity and importance, and relating them to their context in temporary secular history. Yeah, that, um, that's why that's what I was doing. Boy, we have so many words for very specific. So, hagi- hagiography also in, includes uh, martyro- martyrologies. Okay, that's I think good. so. Uh, calendars. Uh, biographies, prose, and verse uh, literary compositions and liturgical texts. Yeah. So uh, the term often means an uncritical appreciation. That's an interesting way to say that. An uncritical appreciation of the life of a saint and is used pejoratively in this sense. Yeah. You're making fun of someone for thinking so highly of, um, say, Christopher, who is one of the hardest saints to say even existed. Mm. Yeah, so an un- we're not being critical about it. We're just reading straight, pure, pure knowledge <laughs> for pure knowledge. So anyways, hagiography uh, uh, is your Episcopal toilet paper <laughs> word of the day. Use it in a sentence and tell us how you did so, and you get five bonus points, which are non-redeemable. But... Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, then uh, let's uh, let's uh, move over to Jeremiah, our first reading, mm-hmm. chapter fourteen, verses seven through ten, and then it picks uh, skips a few and picks up uh, nineteen through twenty 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 two. I know numbers. I do math well. Um, all right, and that reads this way. Although our iniquities testify against us, act, O Lord, for your name's sake. Our apostasies indeed are many, and we have sinned against you. O hope of Israel, its savior in time of trouble, why should you be like a stranger in the land, like a traveler turning aside for the night? Why should you be like someone confused, like a mighty warrior who cannot give help? Yet you, O Lord, are in the midst of us, and we are called by your name. Do not forsake us. Thus says the Lord concerning this people. Truly, they have loved loved to wander. They have not restrained their feet. Therefore, the Lord does not accept them. Now he will remember their iniquity and punish their sins. Have you completely rejected Judah? Does your heart loathe Zion? Why have you struck us down so that there is no healing for us? We look for peace, but find no good. For a time of healing, but there is terror instead. We acknowledge our wickedness, O Lord, the iniquity of our ancestors, for we have sinned against you. Do not spurn us for your name's sake. Do not dishonor your glorious throne. Remember and do not break your covenant with us. Can any idols of the nations bring rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Is it not you, O Lord, our God? We set our hope on you, for it is you who do all this. Um... So as we get into, uh, uh, real quick, uh, I believe it even was one of the words, it might have even been one of the words or part of the definition of one of the words uh, that we've covered uh, already in the Stump the Priest section, but uh, apostasies. Ah. Uh, uh, can you give the the listeners at home a little definition of what that means? Yeah, um, inaccurate theology Okay, it's probably the quickest way mm-hmm. to say it. And iniquities, like he uses, he really likes the word iniquity. Yeah, it, it well, and it's it's because it has multiple syllables and multiple vowels. It re, it's poetic, mm-hmm. and so in translating out of the Hebrew uh, poetry, it's a good one to use. It kind of rolls off the tongue, right? So iniquities is doing bad stuff. Gotcha. So uh, although our bad stuff testi- testifies against us, act, O Lord, for Your name's sake. Our and apostasies, I've already forgotten. Bad theology. Bad theology. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It doesn't roll off the tongue no. as well. Uh, our, 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 our poor theology, indeed, are many, and we have sinned against you. So the blame is on us yeah. and help us. Uh, but then it kind of it, it kind of says, like, uh, uh, it acknowledges the power of God mm-hmm. and uh, says, like, don't, be, uh, don't have all this power and don't use it uh, yeah. to, to help us. Uh, why should you be like a mighty warrior? You're, 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 you're very. This is uh, this is a, a, a flattery at its best. You're very strong, mm-hmm. God. Why not flex some of that muscle for us uh, and help us? Uh, 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 we're, we're calling out. Don't forsake us. And it's not so much. I don't know. Is Jeremiah specifically? Uh, is this a specific cry of like we feel forsaken, or is this hey, just remember your promise? Like uh, like uh, don't Both. don't forget about us. Uh, or has he already started to see like we're we're starting to feel alone? Please, you know, please come and help. Well, it as um, Kathy Gray said last week, Jeremiah is a book for the people who are enslaved by Babylonia. Okay, and so 
and they, by the time Jeremiah writes, they've been enslaved for a full generation. And so even the memory of Jerusalem and the temple and the good times back in Israel uh, are fading. They're, they're mm-hmm. only secondhand. Okay. And so there's the, the sense by the people that, yeah, we, you know, we as a people have screwed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we still have at least some people, and, and this is what Jeremiah is trying to draw out, some people do still believe in God and believe accurately rather than uh, with bad theology mm-hmm. and therefore are beginning to turn back to God. What uh, what does he mean here when he talks about uh, uh, the the people of God uh, truly loving to wander? They have not restrained their feet, therefore the Lord does not accept them. Uh, is this referring uh, back to uh, the, the the promised land, which they have at this point they have reached? Oh yeah, and they've, they've been, been there, there for many many generations. Um, are, is the implication like people who leave the land promised to them are forsaking God, and therefore He's disowning them? That. Well, I don't know about therefore he's disowning them, but certainly the image of wandering away from the uh, promised land is metaphorically supposed to be there. Okay. Uh, they had no choice but to leave because the Babylonian soldiers were poking at them with sharp implements mm-hmm. to leave the Holy Land. But uh, in terms of their faith, in terms of their belief in God, in terms of following what God had instructed them to do in terms of caring for each other and all, uh, that they kept wandering away from. Hmm. Okay. And there's also the dimension of, um, by this point in um, Hebrew scripture theology, there is a certain amount of, if you wander off into the wilderness, you very well might be wandering after seeking out false gods. Okay. So there's there's that... um, implied as well huh so uh because as we've discussed on this podcast several uh, several times over uh very regional uh um um idols yeah uh, idolatry in the region that was very structured by where you were that was the god that you prayed to right uh and uh so um i wonder if that i Curious if that's actual implication by Jeremiah as to like a personal theology, like people who do leave or this is what they're after. They're looking for mm-hmm. other gods and forsaking their yeah. uh, theirs. Um, yeah, that's very much what he's referring okay. to. We know from um, a couple chapters forward, which we had last week, mm-hmm. when we have that wonderful prophecy about um, God being on people's hearts rather than in a physical location. Mm. That. God's everywhere and does transcend borders. Jeremiah is working towards that fantastic, wonderful, mind-blowing prophecy. Uh, so is, are, are these writings uh, all done basically at once? So he's creating... Pretty close. So essentially what he's doing as a, write, as a prophet writer uh, or author, he's building up um, possible, uh, well, uh, apostasies. Uh, that, yeah. that, and then knocking them down. So he's yeah. basically building up the argument that he's heard mm-hmm. within the land of like, oh, how wicked are they? They do this and that and this and that. And then he's a couple of chapters later and he goes, but that's wrong. Yeah. And here's why and we're moving. It, which which kind of colors, I think, a little bit the the last, uh, perhaps the last verse. And maybe he, he directly uh, uh, knocks that down somewhere later on in his writing because it's the only one that, that really, I mean... Um, 
that kind of uh, makes you go, oh, wait, but that, that part's not quite right. <laughs> can any idols of the nations bring rain or can the heavens give showers? It's, is it not you, O Lord, our God? Uh, in that, like, uh, uh, everything everything uh, down to when it rains is under his full control, which is not, I was going to say, is, is not the way that we currently think of right. uh, of God, that these are these are things that occur within God's creation, but mm-hmm. not, and, and maybe within his knowledge, but not necessarily at his direction. Right. You're right. God's not pulling the weather levers, but part of the, really the, the deeper point of verse 22 is there are no weather gods doing it either. Right. Right, right, right. And that, of course, is how people try to manipulate that, which was beyond their control. And may we still do whether, um, whether in honest theology or uh, subconscious superstition, mm-hmm. trying to affect events beyond their control, they'll create a false idol. Mm, right. And um, you know, people will joke about, oh, the parking gods gave me a good space today, that sort of thing. Right, um, yeah. And so it's a very human, uh, natural behavior to come up with false idols. And mm-hmm. here's a place where Jeremiah yeah, says, okay, here's your... Bad theology. I'm knocking it down right now. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, anything more about Jeremiah other than I mean, I, I'm, I'm well. That, I, that's interesting. I, I feel as though we're doing it a very uh, big disservice by taking it in such a small chunk right. and then not reviewing it with like the the his his uh, uh, prophetic reveal of like. Mm-hmm. And all of that's not true. And right. Here's here's the new theology that I think we should maybe uh, be gearing towards. Yeah, I was just about to give my weekly plug of this is one that's really, as I say with every book of the Bible, this is one that's really worth sitting down and reading in one sitting. Right. But it's the longest. Those other ones, no, not so much. But this one, for real, this time. And, and, I'm not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, this one's over 50 chapters. So it'll it's be a, hard to yeah, do. Yeah, it's a... It's a it's a waste. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's not easy. But one of the interesting things that Jeremiah portrays is a conversation between the people and God, each with one voice. So it, okay. it's an interesting literary technique um, that is in many ways very modern by our, our sense of what good literary co- constructs are. Hmm. Uh, but you only really get that if you read a big block at once to see the dialogue going back and forth and how that develops the theology and, the, in a sense, the characters involved. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, very good. Um, Second Timothy, shall Let's we? Let's go to Second Timothy. Second Timothy, chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, and we skip, and then 16 through 18. As for me... I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From from now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me from his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
Is this the end? This is the end mm -hmm. of his uh, of this Second uh, Timothy book, which again, yeah, there there are two more, three more verses after. We, How do you have anything after Amen? Forever and ever, Amen. <laughs> well, that's that's again. This is a this book is a collection, right. we believe, of different letters that Paul had written. Verse nineteen goes. Oh, and one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot. PSS. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the first part of this verse, uh, or first part of this reading, is uh, fairly familiar. Uh, yeah, uh, and 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 again, like we've said on many occasions here for Second Timothy, I think this is our third week, maybe fourth week in a row with Second Timothy. Mm -hmm. uh, this does feel like Paul. Right. Uh, th this uh, 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 not to knock First Timothy, whoever that ghostwriter was. Yeah. Uh, uh, but this definitely feels uh, like Paul, uh, and definitely feels like uh, a prison writing, and mm -hmm. knowing that his end is 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 near. This is you know maybe one of the last letters he might have been able to get out of the jail before right. he was uh, he was uh, put to death. Um, and uh, as for me, I'm being poured out as I as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. And it's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Imagery that yeah. uh, you know that his, uh, if you were to pour out a a, a drink, uh, that it kind of spreads uh, yeah. and 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 uh, fills a, a very wide space, uh, and, and showing that he's been all used, he's been used up. He's nothing uh, left. He, yeah, nothing left. He's he's accomplished uh, what he can. There is also um, a little more grisly image. <laughs> referred to there of one of the offerings to offer at the temple in Jerusalem, but even more commonly in pagan temples around the Roman empire was a blood offering poured on an altar. Okay. On a, okay. On a table of sacrifice. Um, so he's using an image that people go, Oh yeah, I've seen that happen. Oh, it's happening to Paul, not just to the last blood from an animal. From, right. From right. Right. The right. Ox or, he is the sacrifice. Yeah. So that would be a very striking image to yeah. his uh, listeners. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, uh, the I'm not sure what we skipped there, 9 through 15. Some fascinating personal instructions. Interesting. That um, he wants... Yeah, uh, please. Yeah. I don't know why we why we skip it then. Because well, it, it, it's just details. <laughs> yeah, but usually you know, we do a yada, yada, yada. But if it's yeah. fascinating... Well, you know, maybe it's just fascinating. Fascinating, dude. Bible nerds. <laughs> I was going to say you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah, one me. of the same. Uh, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> Bible nerd. <laughs> Give me my milk pack. <laughs> this is where he um, he says, uh, Luke is with me. Mm. So that's people have developed various pieces of, wonder if that refers to this guy or that guy. Right. Um, like Luke, the Gospel of Luke, writer of the Gospel of Luke. Is that who it is? Yeah, we don't know. Um when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus and oh, crosses, right. also the books, and above all, the parchments. So maybe he wants to write some more stuff. Right. Um, Alexander, the coppersmith, did me great harm. The Lord will pay him back for his deeds. <laughs> it's like, okay, Paul, let go of it. You also <laughs> that's, that's not even a blessings and curses. No. <laughs> that's just like, like, bring the parchment. Oh, by the, way, by the way, curse that guy. Yeah. Well, it goes on to say... Be aware of him, for he is strongly opposed to our message. So he's blackballing oh. this guy. Oh wow! Yeah, um, avoid. Yeah, him. so it's, it's avoid him. A fascinating little paragraph, but I can see on a Sunday morning, sure, 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 people sure. in a, in the seats going, "What? <laughs> the coppersmith? Yeah, 
I'm sorry. Have you, Do I know that guy? Have you ever met the uh, coppersmith that yeah. you can trust? I haven't. <laughs> Does he have an online store? <laughs> right. Um, uh, but uh, I'm struck by, and and maybe it's done intentionally, uh, probably is. Paul's a smart guy. Uh, I'm struck by verse uh, 16. Uh, reminds me a lot, especially considering the setting that the writing is in, of mm-hmm. it being his last moments. Uh, um, everyone, you know, I, basically you can read this as he, he, I've been forsaken, mm-hmm. uh, which is very symbolic and, and similar to, uh, uh, what Christ says before he dies. Right. Uh, uh, but, uh, but also, um, very similar, uh, mentality of may it not be accounted against them, yeah. you know, forgive them father. They know not what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, and yeah, unlike the coppersmith. Unlike the coppersmith, right? <laughs> Don't forgive that guy. Yeah. But forgive the others. Um, but uh, but yeah, very in, in very, like I said, very similar circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, also at the hands of the Romans. Right. Yeah. But, but also, as as he pointed out in, in prior verses, all of this is done with purpose and intention, and mm-hmm. I've I've done what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, I've completed. Yeah, I've walked you know. this road willingly. So it's so and it, so it's a little bit of a of a mixed jumble of some of the same things that Christ says. Uh, it is finished, which mm-hmm. is basically what he says first. Yeah, it's finished. Yeah, uh, uh, and then you know you know forgive them; they don't know what they do. Yeah, and, and uh, why have you forsaken me? And one of the things to to make this perhaps even more fascinating is this would have been written down before the Gospels were written down. Hmm. So it it in part reveals how strong the oral tradition was of what later became the Gospels. Right. Okay. That, okay. Yeah, that is interesting because it's not as though he would have had a gospel to compare to and right. be like, how, was, how did that go? Again? Yeah, there it is. There it is. Let's let's mirror that yeah. step by step. Yeah. Uh, but it does show you, yeah, those similarities that he yeah, would have been very familiar become, with. That the oral tradition was strong enough that it really got inside him in a good way. Do you think that's a, uh, uh, I'm again, assuming it is, do you think that's a, a intentional that he would, uh, that, that he's trying to invoke that same image? Oh, sure. Or is that yeah. just me reading into it as a human being? No, or? It's, it's like Episcopalians often, intentionally or unintentionally quote the book of common prayer sure because yeah. we're, we're used to using that prayer language um and even people who aren't um jewish or christian often quote the scriptures because it's part of our cultural vocabulary mm-hmm. but yeah in his case I, he's very much purposely referring to what his readers would have been familiar with as well the oral tradition of jesus's life teachings and words right and I like. I also kind of like the way that uh, verse eighteen is written because obviously, at first blush, uh, uh, um, he's obviously wrong. Um, yeah, <laughs> the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. Uh, you're about to. You're about to be. Well, you're about to die. It's <laughs> a pretty no, evil attack. But the way he finishes it, yeah. kind of uh, That's uh, the colors line. like what they do to me here. Is irrelevant, right? Uh, because I'm being saved for His heavenly kingdom. Let's look at the big picture. Exactly. Yeah. So and all the, the, kind of like a sticks and stones kind of a sentence. Yeah. Like it, you can break my bones, but and this is the continuation, and in some ways even the the beginning of uh, quite you know, of decades of martyrdom for Christians. Mm. So that's part of why the, these verses were so 
um, valued by Christians because they knew they could be walking that same exact path that Paul did. And mm. that it doesn't say, yes, Jesus will save me from death. It's instead, God will save me for the kingdom. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. I say that a lot. I apologize. <laughs> but it is. It's very interesting. <clears throat> what more can I say? Um, one more thing. One more thing I was just going to say. Yeah. Verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Uh -huh. I have kept the faith. It's interesting um, how this has been translated in English over and over and over through the centuries. I was going to say, it doesn't... It... The fought the good fight is actually would have been... I'm not sure exactly how to do it word for word, but it, it refers to I played the game well rather okay. than um, so, you know, I, I fought the boxing match well rather right. than I fought the enemy soldier mm -hmm. or I fought someone to protect the innocent or something. It's not a violent struggle against another human. It's instead an athletic contest type of struggle. Gotcha. Which, which fits which, with running the race. Right. Sure. I finished the race, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I imagine I've kept the faith will, would also probably have a certain um, certain wording and tendencies that would also, like, I didn't stray from, from the path. I followed I followed uh, the guidelines of the race. I played it well. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't have the Greek for that right now. You know, my Greek's a little rusty as well, so... Uh, so. It's a possibility, but I, I hate to do this to you, um, but it's, but you're gonna. But I'm gonna. <laughs> it's probably more the um, way that Jesus often taught of giving you two familiars and then an unexpected. Okay. So I played the game well. I finished the race, and then you think, okay, I got a medal. Da, da, da. Oh, I have kept the faith. Whoa, that's not expected. So mm -hmm. I'm going to remember it more. I got you. It's the hook. Yeah, it's the hook. It's the surprise ending. Hmm. Very, very good. I, yeah, I think I think that verse is pretty popular mm -hmm. uh, uh, to to our modern senses. And I wonder how much of our modern, like post World War, uh, translation habits have have maybe oh, affected that over the pre then. Is it pre then? Hundreds okay. of years okay. of translating. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we were over over. You know. Uh, over all the years, but uh, but I wasn't sure when maybe the good fight might have uh, mm -hmm. come come into our translation. I'm not positive, but a lot of times these um, a little bit off translations go back all the way back to the King James, and the translators mm. are aware of what phrases um, Jews and Christians have prized in their faith lives, and they don't want to mess with them. So I have a feeling it goes back very far. Gotcha. How far back would uh, King James get be? Oh, um, I want to say the 1600s. Okay. But I'm forgetting off the very top of my head when King James was commissioning that Bible. You don't know when King, when your King James was king? Shame. <laughs> well, and I can, it's the old thing. I can tell you lots of details about the process of mm -hmm. writing that Bible, of translating it. King James, why he was doing it, yada, da, 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 da. I can't remember the date. <laughs> nope. <laughs> And that's fine. And I probably knew that in fifth grade. And, and well, and, and and is that the part that matters? Absolutely not. I hope not. Uh, the other stuff uh, would if, color it a lot more. I, I was going to say, if if that's the fill in the blank question to get into heaven, I'll be pretty upset. 
<laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Give me a fifth grader. <laughs> Paul's sitting there going like, oh my gosh. <laughs> You've known about this for years and you keep not looking it up. <laughs> Paul, looks, Paul looks at God, at, you know, from, from wherever he's at at the pearly gates and like, are you kidding me with this? <laughs> you saved me for this. <laughs> Save me from all all <laughs> evil access and this and that and that for, for this heavenly kingdom and this is my task is asking this question this guy doesn't even know. <sighs> Shame. He didn't finish any race. That's right. <laughs> Heaven's full of like three people. I remember. <laughs> all right. With that uh, bit of sidetrackness, uh, let's move on to Luke chapter 18 verses 9 uh, through 14. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the end of Luke here, too. Yeah, and we're pretty much going through in order now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we kind of stopped bouncing around? Yeah. Gotcha. He also told this parable. We love parables uh, in Luke. Oh, so yeah. Luke. Uh, to some who trusted... I'm oh, sorry, I should start over. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Um, so this is uh, again uh, tongue and cheeks, quite not not quite the way it, it, uh, to describe it. He's directly talking about like the people he's telling this parable to are in this parable as the Pharisee. Yes, we're all supposed to put ourselves in the sandals of the Pharisee. Mm-hmm. To learn the lesson of this, because he says some some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with with contempt. Uh, so he's, I'm, I'm talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we all do that at some point. Right. You think you're so good. Yeah. You think you're you so do. high and mighty. Mm-hmm. And and in some ways, this is an interesting um, connection with the Second Timothy passages where Paul really can do a little self congratulation about finishing the race Mm -hmm. but if we do that while we're still middle-aged so to speak or you know not staring at a roman cross um, Mm -hmm. meant for us then we're more likely to be falling into the um, egotistical guy in this story right yeah because it it, it, there jesus doesn't draw the distinction in this parable but i think a distinction might have been able to be to have been drawn between somebody who is righteous and believes themselves to be righteous. It's the yeah. this this Pharisee takes the extra step of saying, "Thank God I'm better than these people." Right, and that's a that and and even as modern readers, that's a step too far. Right, you know, we we even still recognize to 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 this day of like, you know, it's one thing to be right with God and to feel good about it. Yeah, that's it. That, that's not this parable isn't really saying like you can't ever feel good about not your relationship with God. It's that if you feel good about your relationship with God because you build it on the backs of others, mm-hmm. then you're not 
justified in your faith at yeah. all. Yeah, if you're if you see salvation is God grading on a curve. Right. And so there has to be losers. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, you're so far off track that you're at the opposite end of the scale that you've created in your own mind right. to begin with. And even, even in modern day um, religious circles, we still stumble over this. We're, I think mm -hmm. it's not as blatant as sitting down and praying right. out loud, thank God I'm better than these people. But uh, we still, and I think we've, uh, if you, if you've come to, uh, to, to, uh, to worship with us before, I think, I think you even had a sermon on this about uh, drawing lines and putting people inside right. this box and saying, we're, you know, we're, we're the insiders, we're the insiders. We're and this, but, and this doesn't apply to, you know, this level of righteousness or this level of favor with God does not apply to, it applies to lots of people. And mm -hmm. look at all the people that we're putting inside this box, but not these people. Right. And we're, we're all constantly trying to elevate ourselves as, mm -hmm. as a result. And, and we still struggle with this. I mean, yeah. and, and even, even in modern day society where we feel like we're, we're more open and more accepting and where that we're, you know, we're bringing in this and we're bringing in these people, but there's still almost always somebody that at first blush, our first thought is like, not them. Right. <laughs> Wait, we got to go that far. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not that. And this is a parable that kind of at the very least hints to us. That's probably, Probably not right. Yeah. Or at the very least, not yours to decide. Part of the depth of this parable is the self-righteous man is not doing bad stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but he's just, but he's being a meanie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so it's not at all a, a list of where we can say, oh, but he's not doing that thing. And that's how we right. end up with this attitude. Right. It's instead, he's actually most of the things listed in terms of his spiritual practices actually go above and beyond what anyone would have expected someone to do at that time. Okay. Uh, where he's tithing all his income, not just a certain portion of it. Right. Um, fasting twice a week instead of once a week on mm -hmm. and on. And so, I think it's one of these parables that Jesus's disciples sitting around him would have chuckled and then gone, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> would have been fascinating yeah. to be a fly on the wall there. Yeah, because this guy is, is almost a satirical character. He's, he's an exaggerated, um, self-righteous person. Mm -hmm. But then Jesus takes it to a level so that everyone in, in the group can, frankly, learn from this. Sure. And go, oh, yeah, I, I kind of do feel that way about so-and-so or this group of people or what, however it might have been that um, they would have had a, a moment of revelation. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is interesting that in this, the dynamic of this parable, um, it's, it, it's pointing to what the other man, what the man praying next to you is doing or what the person mm -hmm. who's praying to you next to you is doing, or what they've done or how their relationship works with God is none of your business. Yeah. And, uh, and, and therefore should not be fodder for, you know, uh, exalting yourself. Well, and that's a big reason why Episcopalians typically thoroughly repudiate the phrase, um, Hate the sin, love the sinner. 
Mm -hmm. Because this parable really is set opposite of that perspective because we really can't put ourselves in that position right. of, of God's seat, not the human seat. Yeah, and that's the, that's the interesting dynamic that I think uh, um, have, have struggled with for forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, yeah. the, the, the consistent struggle of judgment does not belong to us. Right. And it's a very difficult thing, and I'm, it's, I'm kind of curious as to, you know, why that is, uh, uh, how it's, why it's wired in yeah. our humanity, that that is a constant struggle. We mm -hmm. want to judge. We want to discern right and wrong and carry that out and, and, and project that outside of ourselves. Uh, but that's not, that, that is a, an elevated position where God only can yeah. make that, that determination. And, uh, constantly fall into that trap. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. sure I fell into that trap at least two or three times earlier today and maybe didn't even realize. I was going to say, if you drive in traffic, you fall into that <laughs> trap. <laughs> I'm going to be driving that way. <laughs> I literally have to tell myself, maybe there's someone in that car bleeding to death. Right. And that's why they're driving like such jerks. The, the likelihood of that being true is right. small, I realize, but that's right. how I check. The reason that guy is judgment. on the phone and drifting in the lane is because someone's yeah. bleeding in the back and they're looking for any sort of tip on, on triage. Yeah. Where's the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. But, uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, the, hu the humility of it all is really the focus is, mm -hmm. is, if you're right with God as far as your humble situation, beginnings, and the humble outlook of your entire existence, mm -hmm. uh, that's you're in the right place. You're you uh, you recognize that every day is a gift, and you recognize that uh, every person is a every gift. person is is also a gift. Yeah, and, uh, and it's a very um, difficult way to live. It, yeah, yeah. I don't. I yeah. I dare say, we all. Have fallen short of mm -hmm. of that. That that's why we need church. That's why we need each other. Right. That's why we need a daily encounter with God. Yeah, and it, 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 I think it's worth pointing out uh, not so much that you are able to develop a from there on and perfect record in this regard. It's that if if you can have that mindset and it comes up once and affects the way you interact with someone or affects you know the the, the way a situation plays out then it's, it's kind of done its job. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's done a good thing. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not perfect about it, that's not really the, the goal is, is if you can find humility in a situation and, uh, and are able to maybe take a step back or a step down, then, uh, then this parable's done its job. Yeah. Yeah. And God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but God hopes we'll keep trying. Yeah. The struggle. Yeah. Your, your faith is found in the struggle. One um, little fun fact to point out in here. Yes, please. In verse 11, it says, The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus. In one of the ways that could be translated is, was praying to himself. Huh. That the, that the audience was his own mind rather than God. Hmm. So he wasn't even let, thinking God would, had any business listening to this. He, he's elevated himself so much to be his own God. Praying to himself. Yeah. Interesting. And then the 
tax collector um, doesn't say, oh, I get it now. I'm going to be an ethical person. There, there's not this wonderful um, change of life scene that right. we it was a holiday Hollywood movie we get sure. to have. It's instead no. He he said a he he, he said a sincere prayer and so he was justified. Yeah. And the next day he may have to do it again. Sure. But um, again, our our human expectation is there should be some sign of repentance before the tax collector is justified. But Jesus, no. All it took was praying. Hmm. Yeah, we do kind of want a lasting resolution to it, don't we? As mm -hmm. as, as as far as our nature goes. Yeah, yeah, because that's our little judgment thing still popping up. Right. God be merciful to me, a sinner. All right. See you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll do that again. Um, but yeah. Um, all right. Well, with that, I think we'll conclude. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this has been your podcast for October 27th, 2019. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the airwaves, as it were, the modern airwaves of the Internet. Uh, and, but uh, if you would like to uh, visit us in person uh, in the physical airwaves of reality, uh, <laughs> you can do so. At our our uh, services are at 8 and at 10. And uh, we'll see if we have fully... Uh, rinsed out all of uh, Father Bruce's uh, knowledge on this matter uh, and and uh, can then therefore sit back and relax and not have to really <laughs> listen to a sermon or if he'll find something new, which I have a feeling he'll find something new. I think I already have. Ah. <laughs> you're welcome. I'll take full credit That sounds really self-righteous. I apologize. Sure does. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, also, like I said, we look forward to you uh, joining us next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll speak with you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.